Three years after he last terrorized her, Michael Myers confronts his sister again, before traveling to Haddonfield to deal with the cast and crew of a reality TV show which is being broadcast from his old home. Well, contractually obligated to go after his sister. They should have called this the Adventures of Michael Myers. Who even are you guys? We're We're Children of of the Cheesy! Hey there, folks. Welcome to this episode of Children of the Cheesy. I am your psychotic, masked, stabby person, Sam. And I am a new reality TV star internet sensation, Megan. Well, that is terrific. Good for you, Megan. <laughs> I've made it to the top. You've made it. I'm here. We figured on this spooky episode of Children of the Cheesy that Ooh. we would review an extra spooky Halloween movie? So we picked the best of the best Halloween. Halloween Resurrection. Yeah, you guys thought we were just talking about the holiday. No, no, we're talking about the franchise. Yes, and what a revered franchise. Not universally, though, right? So we have the classic Halloween, which everybody knows and everybody loves and everybody fawns over and talks about. What we're reviewing today is the lesser known Halloweens. One in particular. A forgotten gem of a movie if you're into bad movies. Especially the early 2000s motif. Halloween Resurrections. The edgiest Halloween ever made. Yeah, Yeah, well until the Rob Zombie remakes and then He sort of edgelord everybody. (laughs) That's what Rob's up. That's what he does. Yeah. Right. But that's not what they meant to do here. They were just living out the product of the 2000s attitude lifestyle pretty much right up until the end. We got some horror movie revival and this is a product of that. So enjoy. Enjoy. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's just jump into this in a mental asylum where anybody watching this movie could possibly wind up. Where Lori, our ever-present protagonist, is a patient. And she has been diagnosed with an extreme disassociated disorder and is basically catatonic. Or so the staff thinks. That's what they think. But they're wrong. Turns out Lori has just been waiting for, what, three years, they said? Of storing pills, I guess. Yeah, just hiding pills in her teddy bear for Michael Myers to finally arrive and confront her. For her to escape there also how does he know she's there there's a lot in the in the halloween universe that doesn't make sense like the gps tracking capabilities of michael myers yeah especially in the early 2000s he he was the apple air tag before apple ever came up with it he could figure out where things were to like the the precise location. location yeah he knew her room he like took down the staff beforehand no problem access to the whole building like knew his way in and out of a a a large inpatient facility he's got a lot of knowledge but what he didn't have knowledge of is that Lori was waiting for him she knew his ass was gonna come back which if you think about because what we're in 2002 so there's been several halloween movies before this that obviously jamie lee curtis has played Lori in he should know that she's not just gonna take his shit like she's ever ready for him that's her mental illness she just has to constantly deal with his crap yeah she's just in a constant state of like fight or flight because that's her immortal brother who can't be killed anyway michael tracks her down and and busts through the the door that apparently is made of press board (laughs) or wet cardboard we're not exactly sure for a mental facility the apparently sturdy walked right through it you know was shoddy she runs up to the roof 
And it, I'm sure a lot of people are pretty familiar with this scene at, at this point, right? They run up to the roof. She basically traps Michael Myers, right? Like she has like this little slip noose on the ground that catches his ankle and sends him upside down, you know, hanging like 30 feet. She's got him. But what does she do? Fucks it up. She takes the mask off thinking that it could be another innocent person. Because she has a flashback of what put her in the mental hospital in the first place. In the first place, right? Which was that she killed the wrong person. I just want to say this family has a knack for decapitating people in one swipe. I feel like that is a Strode genetic trait. Yes. Way back, like (laughs) Strodes upon Strodes have been decapitating people for generations. They just know how to do it. They just know how to do it. Also, how does Lori Strode and Michael Myers have two different lasts? Did she change her name? I just thought about that. I don't know where that happened. Because it happened before... All this. She's been Laurie Strode forever. Yeah. She was never Laurie Myers. I don't know. Was he adopted? I don't know. Who would adopt him? (laughs) For just a dollar a day, you can take care of Michael. (laughs) You can take care of this evil child. evil child and feel all of his needs. Stab, stab, stab. (laughs) When we gain a following, somebody will probably tell us. Assuming we ever get any other people to listen to this. Someone will probably tell us and correct us. Anyway, so Lori makes the most frustrating decision in all of horror moviedom, where instead of, like, decapitating Michael Myers for the last time, Mm -hmm. which might actually kill him, we don't know, and no one's tried it, she goes for his mask. Even though he tracked her down, busted through a door, stabbed a bunch of people, it might not be the same guy. Somehow you have it's just a random person with yeah. the same mo. <laughs> Which at the yeah, so even at that point in time, like you still be still doing people a, a favor. Dude. Yeah, so like just killing either way. Yeah, just do it right. But she doesn't, and they have this little tussle, and she gets stabbed in the back, and then falls off of a building, and then I guess she's dead. Supposedly. And this is within 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah, we've spent more time talking about it than the movie did. Pretty much. So the Halloween movie format that everybody knows and loves is out the window, right? So the only other two movies I think that have done this so far are Halloween 3 and Halloween 6. Probably. And Halloween 3 only picked their name because they didn't know what else to call themselves. And Halloween 6... I'm not even kidding. (laughs) And Halloween 6 was arguably one of the worst Halloween movies. So we're already off to a good start, right? Oh my god, almighty fucking franchise. Yeah, I think it had something to do with like a psychic child or something like that. Like it was... uh, it was a it was a complete dis- departure. This movie is not much better than one. <clears throat> this a complete, one's pretty bad. Yeah, a complete departure is is what this one kind of does too, right? So right. Like we have this scene with we're introduced to Sarah, who's this brooding little know it all, and she's got a friend Jen, who is a attention hungry college age girl. Jen auditions. Apparently three people. Yeah, herself and then their friend Herself, Rudy. Sarah, and Rudy. And it seems like only Jen and Rudy were in on the audition. So how did they send in Sarah's audition tape? Your friends were like, hey, can you just sit down and film some stuff with us? Yeah, you want to do an interview real quick? Like, oh, okay. <laughs> just, the rest of it is just B-roll footage of her just doing, <laughs> just doing like day-to-day daily stuff. shit. Yeah. yeah. So they all find out that they're going to be on this reality TV show. We don't know what it's called yet, but we find out later that it's called Dangertainment. The producers, who are played by Tyra Banks mm-hmm. and Busta Rhymes. Dynamic duo. Really are. Fascinating chemistry. Not. It's <laughs> not there. Yeah, so those two are the uh, our producers, right? Freddie and Nora. 
Freddie being Buster Rhymes and Nora being Tyra Banks, in case you were curious. <laughs> My question is this. The whole show is based around staying in Michael Myers' house for one night. Do you think Busta Rhymes and Tyra Banks IRL would get anywhere close to a decrepit murder house? <laughs> Just a question. Probably. Just probably? Not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't see it happening either. Seems I don't. Very, I don't. Un very unlikely, right? Sarah... During the audition, like, screams really loudly and, like, busts a bunch of lights out. And we get Halloween 6 vibes where she may be, like, telekinetic. Right. Movie does nothing with it. Nope. Turns out that actress... Can't even scream. Which makes me wonder, number one, when did they come to find that out? How was it? Has she known this? What noises come out of her mouth? That was the one that really got me, right? It was like, can you scream for us? <laughs> no scream it's like what was she doing so she was dubbed over, over. in post-production but yeah your female protagonist in a horror film can't scream. What if it's just Old Man River? Like she tries to scream, Old Man River, and it's just like an open mouth, and that's all you hear. Like it's really disturbing. <laughs> yeah, very low, like a very low baritone, very low bass baritone. <laughs> yeah. Right? You're like, oh it's my like, god, Jesus Christ! Don't, <laughs> don't ever scream. do that. Again. We'll get it in editing. Don't worry. <laughs> It just makes me wonder. So I had a lot of questions about that, but we'll never find out. You know, I guess we could contact the actress, but you know, she don't, probably won't don't let do us that. Know. Yeah, don't do that. Sarah and Jen and this other girl Donna, who we're just introduced to, are trying on outfits for this reality TV show. Right mm -hmm. when Sarah sees, I'm just gonna call him the Red M&M. <laughs> the Red M&M. <laughs> I just, I don't know why. I just feel like that's a better description for him for this movie. So the red M&M, a.k.a. Michael Myers, mm -hmm. right? So she sees the red M&M standing in the window. And then she turns to, like, tell her friends, and then he disappears, right? So he's up to his old tricks already. Can't stop him. The kids get rigged up with these cameras, right? So they get on mm -hmm. set, and they get rigged up with these cameras. Viewers can apparently switch from one camera to the next, so they're incentivized to sort of get wild and keep people, like, focused on them. Yep. This only becomes relevant because Sarah has a cyber stalker, and the cyber stalker is going to use those cameras to help navigate her through... The house. The house. Yeah, true. Yeah. Which like, is... you can see this coming a mile away. You do. Right? Like, the other character, like, so while this is happening, there's this side character, Miles. And I don't understand why he's there at all. But he's there, and he has, like, this uh, parasocial relationship. Yeah. Right? With this, the with our main protagonist, Sarah. Sarah right? Yeah. So it'll become relevant later, but essentially, yeah, he's he's like her digital guardian angel, um, which is a really weird portrayal really for Cyberstalkers. Weird. Like the whole yeah. thing is a little off putting. It but, is. Um, I guess it's to get people excited about the internet. I like my thinking was is they were probably like, oh my gosh, like the like humans do. The internet is going to be so amazing, and people are going to be able to use it for all these good things and you know blah 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 and then mm -hmm. 
it never turns out that way. They're putting the final touches on camera setup in the house, right? Mm -hmm. So Nora, the producer, and I guess the head. Charlie, yeah. Camera guy, Charlie, is trying to get stuff set up. And this is where we first see the red M&M in action. <laughs> He's going after him. Yeah, so he stabs uh, Charlie in the throat with a tripod that apparently has a bayonet attachment on the end of it. What the fuck kind of camera equipment do y'all have? Right, we've got a couple of tripods at the home. And we uh, tried to affix bayonets on the end of ours and were unsuccessful. I couldn't do it. So if you know where to find one of these yeah or Just like send us an amazon link i would be very curious or like a guy who can make those alterations um so he's sort of dragged off screen before nora can see it because she's too busy Making um, a cappuccino. It's not just a cappuccino. It's like a frappuccino. Yeah, it's like right? a it's, yeah, yeah. It's like a latte, really. Yeah. It's a latte. She's got like milk and cream and yeah, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, whipped she's cream. Just sort of like and, dancing around to the, yeah. you know, to the camera and just doesn't notice a man being murdered. Didn't hear anything. Yeah, didn't seem to notice that there's the dude dressed as Michael Myers wandering around. Right. Didn't notice any movement on any of the cameras. Yeah. So the real question is there: Was she there as a producer or was she just there for the lattes she's there for the lattes i mean that's the obvious answer right that's yeah. got to be the only answer that's so why i'd be there the team i've dubbed them the team so right it's the it's the crew the reality tv show crew mm -hmm. are wandering around the house right so who do we have here we've got sarah rudy and jen who we've already established yep. donna who was established earlier yep. we also have bill jim so just two other dudes, huh? Yeah, that's it. Clearly just not, they're clearly not body count. They're all wandering through the house and looking for clues about Michael Myers because that's how serial killers work. You know, you go look for clues to see what finally. Yeah, in their homes that they haven't been in for decades. fucking decades. Yeah. That is still standing in a nice neighborhood while all the other homes around it are in pristine condition. They should have done a house flipper thing yeah like for sure that would have been much better premise of course we're house fl house flippers weren't that popular no i guess not yet. back in the early 2000s not then yeah that was a that was a post hey economic crash hey listen all i have to say is there's opportunity now i mean you guys come out with these movies all the fucking time yeah exactly if you're listening to hollywood producers and you've run out of ideas we've just got contact. one for we've you got, we, not just we've got, we've got tons several. of bad movie we've ideas so many so original and i think that some of them would work uh, yeah most of them involve the red m&m so <laughs> just just listen to the podcast so they're all so all the the cast and crew are just sort of like going off and doing their own thing it doesn't matter the only thing the only two things that matter is uh sarah uh gets trapped in a closet and falls mm -hmm. over yeah in the closet yep so rudy in his infinite wisdom decides to punch out the closet door to rescue her <laughs> go down with his forearm. Yeah, it's like a hammer fist yes. down the the lattices yes. in the closet uh or the blinds I the guess. blinds, the blinds yeah. in the closet right so and the other thing is that freddie is sneaking around dressed as the red m&m yes to prank the uh mm -hmm. the cast right also you forgot another important factor that there's fresh fennel in the house there is fresh fennel in the house i cannot believe i forgot about the fennel and a pontiac firebird was towed from the front of the house before everybody showed up right which is supposed to tell us the viewer <laughs> that michael myers is back he was eating dead rats in the in the cellar, right but in the basement yes, below. But he so, but he but he got fresh fennel from the store <laughs> to sprinkle to on sprinkle the rats. on the rats, and he took 
he stole a firebird for whatever for fucking reason. reason. Yeah, because he really likes firebirds. Did we even establish that he can drive? No. Apparently, that's what the director meant to do, was to try to give us the idea that Michael had stolen the firebird, and that's, you know, how he was at the house. John Carpenter was a cast writer on this, or a character writer. Yes. Meaning he would have at least some say in the character development of the character he created. You would hope so. Do you think... That John Carpenter thinks that Michael Myers likes Firebirds. <laughs> He's like, he for sure does. He's a big motherfucker. <laughs> right. Like, did John suggest that? Or was that a suggestion from the director? And then John's like, no, he's down in the basement eating rats later on. Like, we've got it covered. And, and the director's like, no! No! Firebirds and fennel! I love <laughs> you love fucking Pontiacs, motherfuckers! <laughs> Uh. questions that you know uh, the more you dig in the more questions you have obviously you don't get very many answers no you don't get any answers like it's confusing because we get these little tidbits or it's either freddie like setting this stuff up like he put the fresh fennel in the house but why would he do why that? would he put fennel in the house why is it <laughs> like why do they why focus the on the fennel at all why focus on the like the whole thing is like Rudy's a chef, so he knows his way around the kitchen. Yes. But like, why does that matter? <laughs> None of it matters. <laughs> we spent not a lot of time, but there's like time taken out of the movie to like establish a couple of these things, and we're like, what? Like, no, they really pull you aside and be like, look, fresh fennel in the cabinets. <laughs> what is that for mean? the rats yeah, down in the cellar? That, what is that? Also, I didn't see a fucking fork down there, so I refuse to believe that he actually used that fennel. He... <laughs> like, it was upstairs it was. in the kitchen. Yeah. Did but he... the rats were down. Did he put it out to impress the guests? Maybe. He's... You think that's what they were impressed by? <laughs> Michael's like, I got people coming. <laughs> I mean, he, does, he, he doesn't have the best social skills, so it's entirely possible that he thought the fennel would have attracted people. Two important facts that you forgot, but don't worry, folks, I remembered for you. Super important. I'm Ah. sure John Carpenter feels the same way. I'm going to throw this in now because we've mentioned him, but yes, John Carpenter has stated this movie has made him cringe. I can imagine so. But again, if you were also the character writer, then like, take some responsibility, bro. At some point, right? You got to put your foot down and like... like, his name's on the credits. He's involved in it. So, like you said, he had some sort of power of decision. There Not- was a discussion about the fennel <laughs> and the firebird. <laughs> there was. There had to have been. And he's saying that this movie has made him cringe. Well, then, I don't know. Did he get railroaded in character I feel like they just ignored him, right? Like, he had all these notes, and one of them was like, no fennel. And the, the Fire- director... Firebird? Question mark, question, question mark, mark, question mark. mark. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And the director's just like, nah. John's got like this whole business case. He's like, it will confuse our viewers. They've never seen him drive before. Or cook. (laughs) Director's like, fuck that. Fiddle and firebird, bitches. Um, Freddy is dressed up as the red M&M and sort of stalking other everybody. And then we have this scene where the red M&M is actually stalking Freddy while he's dressed as the red M&M. <laughs> this is good. So Freddy like turns around and starts yelling at him, thinking that he's Charlie and to go 
get Nora and to go hang out with Nora, right? And so, help her do his job. Exactly. You know? Like he just basically he basically screams at a psychopath for like three minutes. Yeah. And the red M&M complies. It works. Yeah. It fucking works. It was the most bizarre interaction I've ever seen. It made me laugh because it's like, what was the motivation? So out of place. Why like, did he listen? Yeah, why did he listen? And I'm just going to bring this up now. Busta brings up later. He's like, Michael's a psychopath that just wants to kill everything and anything in his track. Well, except for you, Freddy. <laughs> he respects you, apparently. Yeah. You put him in his place. And he's like, nobody's ever talked to me like that before. <laughs> I kind of liked it. <laughs> So he's like, damn, I look sexy when I yell. <laughs> now, the red M&M goes off and kills Nora off screen. But like the whole like it sets up a weird sequence of events. Right. Yes. And you kind of have to understand how this place is supposedly laid out. Right. So Nora is in the, the workshop in shed the back. in the yeah. back. Right. So she is isolated from everybody else. And then the next person that we see is donna mm -hmm. who's down in the cellar yeah her and jim right yep jim, yep getting and, it on yep there was a fake setup with the wall coming in and then there were some you know skeletons that fell on them they fell out it was fake whatever and then donna's wandering around by, by herself downstairs because jim went upstairs and found she found my yeah. uh the, the red m&m's actual camp yes yes that's what it yeah was. that's and that's where we see like the rats and stuff yes like half-eaten rats <clears throat> and then she Tries to escape because she's like she's ready to leave. Obviously, like it's who wants to hang out there. So she turns around and the red M and M is standing behind her. Mm -hmm. um, so she runs the other direction, runs into a gate. Yeah, it's got like this little piece of like bar sticking out. Yeah. So the red M and M impales her on it and kills her. No. Right? Okay. Number one, those gates, I'm assuming iron because they were fairly rusted, so mm -hmm. it looked kind of moist down there. Yep. Number two, held together a, a chain link and a normal lock. Mm -hmm. So you're telling me the force of Michael Myers pushing back on this girl didn't bust open that... No, uh, it, it probably wouldn't have impaled her so cleanly, right? Like, that thing yeah. probably would have fallen over before it actually, like, impaled her. It wasn't a sturdy gate. It was not sturdy. It was also not very um, secure. Yes, that's I feel what like I'm Donna saying. could have escaped she, anyway. She could. She was skinny. There was a big opening at the top. Like, yeah. she could have tried to climb through. over. Yes, yeah. she could have slipped through. Like Honestly, she probably could have kicked the gate down herself. The... <laughs> One of the parts that kind of bothered me with this movie is like the none of the characters had like really any real motivation to live. No, they wouldn't run. There's we'll talk about it, but there's scenes where literally like the, the next person who dies, yes, Jim, right? Yes. So Donna's also keep in mind there's scenes back and forth where um the internet stalker Miles slash Deckard is watching this at a Halloween party and there's like more and more people coming into the room and as he's watching this live. Yes, but that is not important. Like, not right now. It, is it ever important? Only whenever he saves her at the end. Yeah. But not the fact that it's a bunch of people at a Halloween party. Yeah. It's just that whole bit is weird. It is weird. It could have just been him. I don't know why he had to be at a party. Or they could have. He just, was at someone's house. They could have just done away with it altogether. And we'll talk about that in just a second. We're about to come up to it, right? So, like, first of all, yes, characters lacking the will to live. Yes. Um, Jim, the very next person who dies, right? So the red M and M teleports from the the shed down to the cellar, <laughs> kills Donna, and then comes back upstairs. Yes. Like upstairs. Yeah. 
No. Is it upstairs or is it the first floor? It's the first floor. First floor. Comes back to the first floor and squishes Jim's head in. Jim doesn't resist at all. No. Doesn't like pick his arms up. Just like as soon as the red M&M touches his head, he's like, oh, oh thank God. Like, Sweet release. <laughs> I just want to die. <laughs> um. So yeah, he dies. Sarah is paralyzed. Not paralyzed by falling or getting like stabbed. She's just freezes a lot she doesn't know how to move yeah she's a bit like those fainting goats yeah she's a lot like a fainting goat yes she is she she sort of just like freezes for a while waits for the red m&m to do something and then she takes off again rudy immediately after jim gets his head squished rudy sort of like tries to distract the red m&m we forgot jen's death Somewhere oh, in yeah, there, right. Jen, Jen gets decapitated at the top of the stairs. Yes, that's right. So is that the first one? That, no, because that's not the first one no, that happens. Because okay. Bill, she Bill, sees Bill's dead body. Yeah, Bill dies first in a room by himself. He's our first kill. That's right. He it's gets stabbed. short. Yeah, it's short, and you don't really know what's happening. Yep. And then this is timeline gets a little bit confusing for me here. Okay, they discover Freddy's in the house. Yep. And then I think Donna dies immediately after yeah and yep. then jen and then jim and then no jen, no jen and then jim okay so jen gets her head cut off that's what freaks sarah out but she thinks that he's you're right so we're gonna we're gonna backtrack yeah. a little bit so after the red m&m teleports and kills donna yes he then teleports upstairs stairs yes right yes. and stabs bill in the head yep and that a pumpkin a pumpkin right so you can really tell the effect right it's like a pumpkin with a wig you can tell it's a pumpkin with a wig too because it's the way it just sort of like, like caves it. in yeah <laughs> <laughs> so and then i guess he stashes bill's body up in the attic so Something like Something that. Like he that, has the right. time to do a lot of stuff in a like normal family-sized home. Yeah. Without being noticed. Yeah. Working with dead bodies. Right. Right. So he's kind of teleporting around <laughs> and just doing work. He's using the portals. Jen finds Bill's dead body, mm -hmm. right? Just sort of hanging, right? Because they're about to go up in the attic and then she pulls on the thing and there's Bill's body. And yep. The rest of them are downstairs. So Jim, Rudy, Sarah are all downstairs. Jen gets decapitated by the red M&M, right? At the top of the stairs. At the top of the stairs. Head rolls down the stairs. They run into the next room. The red M&M teleports behind Jim. That's it, yep. And then squeezes his squeezes head Squeezes his head together. And then that's when Rudy and Michael... The red yeah, M and M. The red M and M have this like fun little knife fight. Yep, they got a little knife fight going. Yep. Rudy gets impaled, triangle style. You yeah. know, like Hangs, just chest hanging on and a door, then, like in the hips. And I think at this point in time is when most people realized, sort of, that this was not fake because the audience watching this believed it was fake. They they start to realize the real part of it when Sarah's like begging into the camera for uh, for help for Miles to help her. <laughs> yes. Right, so. She gets trapped in one of the rooms. Essentially, she barricades herself off in one of the rooms. And then Miles, the super hacker, cyber stalker, comes up with the brilliant idea to escape through the window. And it's a good thing he did because I don't think Sarah would have come up with that on her own. They do this thing where he tries to give her like a play-by-play -play of what where, where Michael is. is in the house. But like... He's a, he's got, you're right. There was no point because Michael's got heavy feet. Yeah. You're going to hear the motherfucker coming. Exactly. Well, not only that, but like he, Sarah doesn't follow any of the directions. She doesn't get much of an advantage anyways. No, she doesn't. Like he's like on numerous occasions, he's like, don't scream. And then she screams and right. it's like, 
Dude. Well, then don't fucking... <laughs> this last part where he's like chasing Sarah around, it's so drug out. It is, but it had one good moment in it. <laughs> that right here, right? So Sarah escapes oh, yes. out the window. <laughs> Michael busts through the door. And then like dolphin dives upwards <laughs> headfirst through the window. Through the window! He didn't punch it out. He didn't stab it. He like goes headfirst. Yeah, so he looks like like a whack-a-mole. <laughs> yes, yes, it's like a whack-a-mole in a Halloween mask. So Sarah Wait. just like kicks him in the head <laughs> and runs off. Up up the roof and then uh, back and in then the house. Back down the house, and he chases her around the house for a while, and then Freddy shows up and takes on the red M&M, and they have a short fight, and then the red M&M, he does this weird little slapstick comedy <laughs> that routine. That was good. That was good. Right? Like, where they think that they're that they think that they're away from him, and they're trying to figure out where he is in they the They thought house. that they killed him, they remember? Thought, exactly, because, yeah, yeah, because yeah, Freddy re- kicks him out yeah, of the window. Kung Fu kicks him, and then somehow Sarah had wrapped a cord around his neck, so they thought they hung him. They think um, they're safe, but they're still taking their fucking time in the house. Yeah, exactly. They're just hanging out in the house, oh just standing in the living room with the front door right there, right? They could Jesus. have left at any time. Yes. Standing around. And then, like, Michael appears behind them. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, Sarah gets a message, and it's like, he's in the house! And then the camera pans out, and he's right behind him. Yeah, and it's like, it's supposed to, the way it's shot is like it's supposed to be a jump scare, but it comes off as Michael just being friendly in yeah. some ways. Hey guys, you talking about He's me? like, what you talking about? <laughs> the red M&M stabs Freddy this time in the shoulder, and we think that Freddy's dead. Sarah runs off to the shed, finds a chainsaw. Mike, uh, the red M&M comes back, and Sarah, like, hits him with a chainsaw a couple times, and then cuts a bunch of wires with it, like, yeah. trying to bring it down on him. To the credit of the director of this movie, mm-hmm. the chainsaw functioned exactly as one does in real life. <laughs> Thank you very much that for that. That is to say, not at all. <laughs> it just kind of stopped working. Yeah, pretty much. You know, a couple of revs, it's like, I'm done, fuck you. You mentioned, yeah, that Sarah fell in a pool of Nora's blood, right? No, I didn't mention that. But yes, this is when we find out that Nora's dead by falling into, like, a kitty-sized pool of blood. Yeah. In the shed. We have no idea why Nora had so much blood. She was... She's, she's like, full of it. She's like, just got a lot. She had, she had a large volume of blood. More so than any other I've ever seen. Yeah, it's a lot of blood. It was. It was, like, half the floor. <laughs> it's like a film, just, like, half the floor. Damn, girl, donate some of that. Seriously. Yeah. She must have been, like, a vampire or something. <laughs> is that what it is? Got, like, two people's worth of blood in there? It's just got a lot. Did the red M&M do the world a favor and kill Tyra Banks the vampire? He might have. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Thank you. This is this is a tribute to you. <laughs> Nora's dead. I think it's all over for Sarah. Freddie busts in and gets into like this epic fight with the red M&M. Right. Electrocutes him a bunch of times, right? Like hits him with a like an axe or a hammer or something like that. Like something big yes. and metal and yep. heavy. Then like shocks his balls. <laughs> like what? Yeah. Like I'm not even kidding. Like hits the red M&M like right in the nads. <laughs> and then electrocutes him using Nora's apparently very watery, very voluminous amounts of blood on yep. the floor. I thought the shoes Michael was wearing were rubber insulated, but apparently they are 100% steel. <laughs> Because he gets shocked yeah. 
to shit. It explains the slow walking. Yeah, that actually does explain the slow walking and the heavy footsteps. And why he's so strong. Trains like Goku. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just fucks with his gravity so he can train harder. Yep, exactly. Wow. We, all right. I see, Michael. I see a red M&M. We see you. The movie basically ends here, right? So Miles is the hero of the Halloween party. Who gives a shit? Busta and Sarah get a look at the red M&M's melted mask face. Yep. So they, they get the satisfying end. We don't. We never do. We don't see his face necessarily. We just see the melty mask. Yep. But they don't move the mask either, so they don't see his face. I would. So what the hell were they looking at? I don't know. Care. That's a good point. Who the fuck cares at this point, right? Busta then tells off the cameras, which... I thought was interesting. Ironic. And then at the very end, the red M&M is laying in the mortician's office and the medical examiner is about to do her job when he comes to life and presumably kills her. Yeah. And then the movie ends. And then that's it. And that, thankfully, <laughs> is Halloween, is Resurrection. Halloween Resurrection. And hopefully they'll stop resurrecting him. So there's a few fun facts. You've We've pointed out a couple of them. You've kind of actually hit on some. A lot of of the shots in this movie were meant to be callbacks to previous Halloween movies. So like Sarah is like twirling her hair at that first scene in college is supposed to be reminiscent of like Lori twirling her hair in a classroom. So lots of different things like that. Like Jim getting his head tweed is, is and his eyes bleeding is a callback to a previous Halloween movies. Jamie Lee Curtis apparently hated the idea of a sequel because she felt like Lori had a satisfying ending at the end of the other movie. Yeah, she did. They retconned it. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, no, you just killed some rando. Like, she's like, well, what the fuck? What was that yeah. all about? Whoa, Why was the, the rando fuck? trying to murder me? <laughs> yeah. Why is the character now all of a sudden worried about random people <laughs> dressed up as a red M&M and coming to kill me? She's pissed. I would be pissed, too. She's not having it. Bastardization. Yep, so she initially refused, and then she ultimately agreed to do her part, only under the condition that she is killed off in the opening of the film, so as to make sure that her character would not appear in any other... That's sequel. So she demanded this. That's terrific. She was contractually obligated to be in this. Oh, really? Yeah. So I guess there was Halloween H2O. Yeah. So the only reason that was able to go on and she was able to do that was to be in this movie. Really? So I guess there was, a, I don't know what happened with Jamie Lee Curtis and this Halloween franchise. I think there's a lot of drama with her. It sounds like there's more drama going on in the behind the scenes yeah. than what actually happened than on screen. What actually screen. happened, yeah. yeah, absolutely. She's been quoted as saying this film was a joke. You know, I'd agree uh, with that. Yeah, we're not going to disagree. <laughs> I won't argue that point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I truly, I think that she actually has a respect for the Halloween franchise because that's partly where she's probably made her name, and I bet it like holds some sort of. Well, and yeah, it is, it is a lot of people have have alluded to, right? Like it sort of set the tone for slasher films. Yeah. Decades to come, right? Right. Like everything gets compared to Halloween. Yeah. You so, know. you know, she was in that kind of like OG content. So I do think she has a way to a perspective, a unique one. Oh, yeah, I think so. You know, I think she remembered what the uh, motivations were for Correct. the original character. And right? it made more sense. So yeah. it's easier to emote the emotions that you're supposed to. Yeah. And actually, it kind of makes sense why she didn't talk a lot in this movie. either, yeah. Right. She wanted to do the bare minimum. She didn't want to fucking be there. Kill the character yes. off and just be done with yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Wash her hands of, of it. this whole fucking mess. Yeah. This film was originally named Halloween, the homecoming, but producers wanted a title that said Michael Myers is alive. So in February of 2002, they officially changed it to Halloween 
resurrection. They wanted to say Michael Myers is alive. They wanted it to just like scream that Michael Myers is still alive. He so. never dies. <laughs> Why would you need that? I don't know. That's because like these hype? producers and these directors made so many weird decisions. Okay, so the director made four different endings. None of the cast knew which one it was going to be. And apparently his original idea was to distribute the different endings to different theaters. Busta Rhymes, his character, Freddy, had filmed three different endings. <laughs> they spent more time making this movie than they needed to. Reshooting Reshooting stuff. alternate endings. And then also, this film was originally slated to release in April 2002 and then released in July... And it is the only Halloween film to be released in July. Not around Halloween. Halloween. So we didn't actually do a Halloween movie this time. You realize that. Oh my God, we didn't. We, we didn't. thought we were. But we, we thought we were, we're doing, doing like the most. We're doing a summer movie. Halloween movie ever. We're doing a summer movie for Halloween. Oh my God. Oh, how incompetent are we? Shit. I mean, we probably could have made a better movie than this, but. Yeah, I mean, that wouldn't have been hard, but like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, so this is the only movie to establish Michael Myers' birth date. So October 19th, 1957. That was just made up by them. Yeah, we started doing the math on that, right? Like, like what? He's mm-hmm. an old fart in he this is. movie. This film is the first one in which Michael kills a victim by decapitation. Really? Yeah. And his knife, for anybody who wants to know if you'd like the replica, it's a 12-inch Victorinox Forstner with a rosewood handle. It's a chef's knife. We looked it up. You could purchase one on Amazon for as low as $60. Or I think if you get like the real thing, because I wouldn't trust the Amazon ones, they're around $150. would not trust it for what? Stabbing Amazon? people? <laughs> Just don't trust like Amazon. <laughs> if you're gonna buy this stabby chef's knife, <laughs> don't get, it get from the Amazon. expensive one. Get the real one. Yeah. Get the actual name brand. Because even like yeah, I, I suspect that the red M&M had a good stabby knife, right? Like yeah. the ga- and it's, it was still chipped. Yeah. So don't stab with a good chef's knife. That's the real lesson in <laughs> all this. That's really what they're trying to if say. If you're really watching this movie, that's what you should be walking away with. Just know. Also. Always keep fresh fennel in the house. Yep. <laughs> That's how you know. All right. So we got to give this thing a, uh, a cheese rating. Oh, we do. That's okay. I think I've got this one covered, Squishy. We're going to call this one fennel cheese. <laughs> I don't even know if such a thing exists. Um, we just made it. It's just, what you know, a base of like... Cheese and fennel. Just so grab you some cheddar, get a shitload of fennel. Put it together. And you've got this movie. <laughs> Yum, yum. All right. Well, that's been Halloween Resurrection. Michael lives again forever and ever. Amen. This has been our terrible episode, Halloween episode. Spooky Halloween episode. (laughs) The most un-Halloween Halloween episode ever. Right. Tune in next time as we review a New Year's Eve movie in the middle of Thanksgiving. (laughs) Later. Later. Thank you for listening to Children of the Cheesy. If you feel like dropping us some cheddar, check out our Patreon. You'll get some warm, melty perks like early access to our episodes, a cheesy drawing from moi, and access to exclusive content. Head to childrenofthecheesy.com for the latest on upcoming episodes, merch, and other exciting things. Like, review, and subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast. Like at Cheesy Children Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And also remember to check out our short series, Trailer Trash, on YouTube and TikTok. 
And remember, folks, even a cheesy movie can be worth savoring. See you next time.